0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and
1: management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, why men are angry at women and what some men are doing about it. Don't lots of men express anger toward women by calling them bulldozers, weak, domineering, clingy, ballsy, dumb, or dependent? Don't men often act like babies and criticize women for resenting it? Or yeah, feel yeah. entitled to dominate women and feel offended when they can't? Yeah. Why are men so angry with women? I know I carried a lot of anger toward women based on my love-hate relationship with my mother. Our guests today are a group called Men Getting Real with Men, a group of guys willing to talk about everything and are trying to create healthier relationships with women in their lives. Stay tuned to learn what they're doing and share your thoughts as well. Email or call in your questions. And now, here's your host, Beth Green, from the Inside Out.
0: Hi, everybody. Well, I am really looking forward to getting into this topic, but first, uh, I'm going to redo uh, we have a, a comment from our last show. Our last show, I interviewed Jeff Gerstle, who is the director of host services for Voice America. And it really turned into an interesting program for people who might be considering hosting their own internet radio program, whether on Voice America or somewhere else. So I'd um, I'd like to suggest to you that if you have any interest, not only in Voice America and kind of some of the fun stories and inside story about being on the radio, but if you have ever had a thought about hosting your own internet radio program, uh, tune in, listen to the podcast. And Helen said... Another great show. Thanks for all you do to help bring the inside out of life on every level. Happy holidays, Beth. I like that when a listener wishes us a happy holiday. So um, before we get into the topic at hand, which is why men are angry at women, I and I I have some things probably to share about that. Uh, I just have to, because I'm being in present real in the moment. Do you you, uh, remember... uh, Listening to people talking about the weather and making jokes about, is, isn't that ridiculous? That's all people ever talk about is the weather. I bet you had that in your uh, upbringing, James. James grew up in a, a Norwegian culture in Fargo, North Dakota. And That's true. And probably people talked about the weather, right? Yeah. Well, okay, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of you are probably out there in uh, unseasonably cold weather so I have to say something about the weather <laughs> because it's become I've become obsessed with the weather we are in southern Oregon in a town where it's supposed to snow every once in a blue moon and then it melts right away so we have 3.5 inches of snow that fell on Friday and it hasn't gone bye-bye yet and nobody knows what to do because the streets are still covered with snow and ice It was, I read one degree last night, and (laughs) so, you know, as I'm sitting here whimpering about our weather, our pipes froze, are you saying boo-hoo for us, and we were out of water and all of that. At the same time, I know that there's people all across the country who are suffering much more than we are, but that is not going to stop me from bitching and moaning about the weather and just being in awe about it, and so, so... If some of you are going through the same thing, let's just feel ourselves holding hands across the nation or the world. <laughs> and let's all say together, isn't this crazy weather?
1: Isn't this Let, crazy weather?
0: Isn't this crazy weather? Yeah. Uh, um, a guy wrote to me this morning and he said, we have not had weather like this in this area since the eighteen hundreds. Now, how does he know? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Does he remember? Yeah, you know, maybe he's a more miraculous guy than I thought. But anyway, now that I have done my soliloquy on the weather, and uh, but I have to also say that I'm looking at on beautiful snow-covered mountains, snow on the trees. James is walking around in holy tennis shoes because we were not prepared and some of you may not be prepared either. So all our admiration to those of you who live in truly cold climates and how you manage, I'll never know. In fact, what's really odd is James grew up in Fargo and I grew up in New York, which was cold, and I can't even remember how we coped, so (laughs) there it is. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about why men are angry at women. They're probably angry at women about the weather. In fact, I have found that men can get angry at women about just just about anything. Wouldn't you say that's true James?
1: Have well, you I've certainly been that? able I've certainly been able to do that <laughs> as you've experienced. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have. Like we're having a problem that I have nothing to do with, right? And uh let's let's say I'm going to take an example. Let's say the water heater went out. Okay. So I say, "Uh honey, Uh, You know, the water heater is out and we have no hot water. Um, And then James will get angry at me for 24 hours.
1: (laughs) You rained on my parade.
0: (laughs) What is that? Uh, So it kind of gives you the impression that there may be something going on, you know, that's just like a chronic anger and dissatisfaction with women that I'm not making it okay. I'm actually making demands. On the guy, you know, it's flooding in the bedroom. Would you please wake up? I can't do whatever it is that needs doing to fix this problem. And then the guy says, you know, talk to me in the morning. Of course, this is after we've all become part of Noah's Ark experience and we float out of the house, right? So. (laughs) So is there some kind of chronic underlying anger towards women that seems to get triggered? We are going to ask a group of great guys, and I'm calling them great because they are willing to talk about this. And I would say that anybody who's willing to be that honest is a great guy, (laughs) and they're from a group called Men Getting Real with Men which is uh, actually a part of the Stream Center for the New Spirituality. Uh, one of our guests is Todd Benton, and you've heard him before. He, he has been on two of our programs, the last time with his wife, talking about does uh, spirituality improve sex. And uh, he's one of the people who said that, uh, I don't know if spirituality improves sex, but being on Inside Out on the topic definitely has improved our sex life. <laughs> and so we're going to hear from Todd. And then we have two Brand new guys who are also in the men getting real with men group. One is Jim Leonard, and um, he has been a student of you know spirituality and self reflection for a very long time. And Christopher Miner, who similarly you know has uh, you know his eye on himself and is really interested in trying to not only change the world, but uh, understand himself more deeply. So these three guys are going to join us now. And I'd like to welcome you to the show. And I'd like you to talk to us about why you think men are angry with women, uh, starting with the, uh, the retreat that we just had. So why don't we start with Jim? Um, because uh, Jim was until very recently the the leader of that men's group. And Jim, would you like to come on and share a little bit about your experience and what you've discovered in that workshop?
2: Yes, thanks, Beth. Well, the first thing that comes up is uh, we did have that retreat a couple of weeks ago, and we went very deep into this subject matter. And I, I know that when I came home and my wife was here, I just seemed to be, angry with her. I was going to try to explain what we did and oh, I can't explain it. You'll understand. I had all this stuff and there just seemed to be this frustration as I saw her even after that workshop. And I kind of apologized for it and just let her know I was in that frustrating space and just kind of said with it. And I think it was the very next night, um, I I just kind of had uh, some distance on it. It was kind of like an epiphany that I kind of realized what we saw in the workshop is that the way I was holding her was that my life should, she her life should revolve around my happiness. <laughs> just something about that, you know. My and if my life isn't if things aren't going well, I have you to blame for it. <laughs> and and so I just saw I just saw this very you know it was almost like. I saw it very objectively. It was like the work that we did the day before just kind of came to fruition. I was just looking at it and I could just see it. And I and I was able to speak it to her in such a way that, that, that I wasn't angry about it or forceful about it. It was just something that I was seeing and I was like an observer watching my own identity and I was sharing it with her. And there was another part of that that I saw was that, and I think I, I look back at, my own childhood and being the youngest child and when my brothers came along, my mom tried to, you know, my parents tried to teach me to be, not to be so selfish. After all, life was all about me. And all of a sudden I had this brother and why wasn't it about me? Why aren't I getting all the attention? And I already had this um, thing going on with my father where I was trying to buy for my mother's attention from him. And so I kind of learned to, hide how that selfishness and mm-hmm. hide the fact that, that really your relationship should should be about me. It's always supposed to be about me. My happiness is supposed to come first. And I have this way of kind of hiding that that's really what's going on.
0: Oh, I love that, Jim. And I'd like to confess on the on behalf of women uh, that I, as a woman, have exactly the same kind of feeling that you do as a guy. It's like, you mean James' life does not revolve around me? He is not supposed to make me happy? Uh, so I totally know what you're saying. Uh, let's go to you, Todd. Todd, are you there? Yes. Okay. Uh, Todd, what did you get from this retreat?
3: Um, well, I got one thing that I got was um, <laughs> that we had really unrealistic expectations of our mothers that we mapped on to. Um, are the women in our lives that they would be able to like take care of everything? To you know, just unrealistic of what a person could do, mm-hmm. and you know, to be the loving, you know, um, the loving, sweet, um, caring, unconditionally loving, wonderful, always person. available, always available. <laughs> handle my every need, you know what I mean, kind of Have thing. Have no and, needs
0: of her own.
3: Right. Yeah. So that was that was very eye-opening to see that. Um and to see how that has played out with the women in our lives. Um and it's really helped uh you know, I've been sick the last few days and expecting my wife to do everything for me. <laughs> She's basically <laughs> Declining, <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell? So it hasn't completely disappeared, but I do have enough self-awareness to go, well, I probably could pour a bowl of a can of soup into a bowl and do it myself, <laughs> even though she said she would make it for me. So um, <laughs> that's kind of what's been going on over here. Uh, the aftermath that doesn't, you know, it doesn't ever go away, I guess. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I think that's so true. And I think what Christopher was saying when he came in uh, to the workshop is that he felt that, uh, you know, just as you said, Todd, that that men want that from the wife, whatever they weren't able to get from their mothers. They're looking to the wife to provide that final piece or that that seven out of 10 pieces. I mean, some of us had devoted mothers. Um, Some of us had kind of negligent mothers. We had all kinds of different mothers. But no matter what kind of mother we had, there's, it's just impossible for anybody to ever meet all of our needs. And um, not only is it impossible, but it's kind of sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like so many of our children actually believe that we should be at their disposal 24-7, 365. And what that does is creates a, a whole... Uh, class of entitled people uh, who are babies, who want to be catered to. And it's not healthy for anybody to have to do that. I mean, whether you're a woman who is trying to have a relationship with her own husband <laughs> or a woman who needs to go to business, not only to earn money, but also for her own self-expression um, – You know, mothers have needs or she needs to go to the gym uh, or go to her spiritual uh, exercise class or, you know, listen to Inside Out. Uh, Women have to have a life and have to have relationships outside their children. And it's very understandable because children are pure ego, unadulterated, pure ego that is kind of untrained. That's, That's the way we're, you know, we're born just with that feeling of vulnerability, we are so desperate to have somebody take care of us because we are so uh, vulnerable as infants and we're uh, looking to mom, most of us, uh, to fulfill our needs. And some of us haven't noticed that we're not infants anymore. <laughs> in fact, some of us uh, still act like infants. Uh, I am that too. I'm not going to say that I'm not. So let's talk about, and we're going to be going to commercial break in just a minute, but um what I'd like us to do when we come back is talk about that uh, that expression about uh men acting like babies, and how do you feel about acknowledging all of this acting like babies and women act like babies too? i mean I am oh my God, I am such a baby when I have a need and I want someone to take care of me, and it's mostly James, so I totally get that and um I'd like us to talk about how it feels to admit this. But in the meantime, we are going to go to commercial break. Don't go away. And let's hear more from Men Getting Real with Men. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
4: Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training. And discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96 960- 362
0: Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave channel.
4: You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's one 472 5795 If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out.
0: Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out, where we're talking about why men are angry at women. And the many, many, many ways that it shows up we'll get into later. But in the meantime, I asked the guys before we went to break uh, about how does it feel to acknowledge that uh, you act like a baby, which, of course, women are perennially, perennially complaining about. And Jim volunteered. He said he has something to share. So take it away, Jim.
2: All right. Thanks, Beth. Well, just to give you a little setting, I work nights and I come home and my lovely wife makes it. usually makes a pot of, of uh, oatmeal in the crock pot that's ready and she puts frozen fruit on it and I came home and the fruit was made, I mean the oatmeal was made. She said, that the fruit's not on there, I didn't put the fruit in, so I opened up the door of the refrigerator and grabbed the bag of fruit and it opened up and it spilled all over the floor <laughs> and I immediately went to that place of... You know, not so gracefully saying, you know, damn it, you put the you put it in upside down, and you didn't even seal the bag of fruit, and it's all over the floor, and I'm down the floor picking it up, and it's all your fault. And it, I might have just been a anything your fault. It's like being it felt like being a baby, and I just <laughs> this was the day after or two days after the workshop. <laughs> I just kind of paused while that was happening, and I looked, and I was just honest with myself. I said, "Well, are you going to believe that That was just a story. It was, I was I had enough objectivity on it for whatever reason to see it as a story and mm-hmm. I realized that I wasn't paying attention I do not know if the bag was sealed or it wasn't sealed or I turned it upside down when I picked it out but I mm-hmm. immediately blamed her for it and so I saw that and I thought okay so I went in right away <laughs> and I told her exactly what I saw uh, and which is exactly what you're talking about—is this? I, you know, I am. I just saw that. I immediately went to the place of blaming you, and if it didn't go well, it was your fault. And, and, and it was kind of like that little crybaby. And you know, we both had a good—we both had a good laugh at it. But it just—it just showed me how there is just that knee-jerk reaction that if things go wrong, that it's your fault, and I don't deserve it, and I'm the victim. And it was, and just all became very, very apparent at that moment. We had a good laugh and hugged. And, yeah, Lovely.
0: I, I think what was you were probably already set off by the fact that you got home and there was no fruit on your exactly. oatmeal. What about and, me? And you know the nerve of this woman who who probably is was doing something else or had something else to do. I like that story. Well, here's one of those uh, things about men sometimes acting like babies. Uh, how many guys have run out of the house? Claiming that they have really important things to do or stayed at the office longer than they needed to just because they didn't want to come home and face the kids or the problems at home, do we have any volunteers on this one?
3: Well um I work from home, so that's kind of hard for me to do but i've definitely <laughs> I've definitely like made an extra trip to Home Depot or you know uh Find whatever I could to just, especially earlier on, you know, before I started doing more work on myself consciousnessly, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, early on, I definitely had more of an expectation, especially when our kids were younger, which would, which you would think would mean that she, you know, that my wife would require more support from me. Yes. But I've actually become more supportive as our kids have gotten older because I've become more self-aware and more conscious. But I can definitely recall times where, you know, I was traveling and, you know, it's difficult with two young kids when I, I'm sure for her. And I didn't check in with her. I just was like on a vacation.
0: <laughs> you know, I totally understand it. And I think that you've made a very important point because when the kids are young, you know, lots of times couples get together and decide to have children. But they really have no idea of what this is going to mean. And, uh, you know, the guy feels real macho. Is like, oh, my son, look at him. You know, or my little girl, you know, look at her. And how wonderful all of that is. But the reality is that it's about diapers and burping. And, uh, cleaning and smells and all of that stuff. And then, uh, th- then it's no longer your son or your daughter. It's like you've got a very important meeting at the office or you have to go to the water board, the local water board meeting to uh, discuss the future of the planet. And it seems like, wow, you know, men have often had the excuse that they're doing really important things that they can bug out. And it's when the children are really young and, uh, the, the women are so exhausted and they need the help the most. Of course, that the men feel intimidated and not only that are in competition. I mean, if you are, and I'm admitting that I am that too. So I'm not just, uh, you know, being critical that, you know, if a man is trying to be a, trying to get a mother from, his wife, whatever that mother looks like. It may not look like uh, a mothering mother. It may look like a different brand of mother. But whatever brand of mother you're looking for, if you're uh, looking for a mother and you've got little babies in the house, I mean, you've got nothing but competitors. (laughs) And you're not going to want to take care of them.
4: You're going to want to stay
0: away until their needs are taken care of. And then you can come home so that your wife can take care of your needs. Or if not, you'll go f- try to find some other more understanding woman uh, who, who gets how important you really are and, uh, and will be devoted to taking care of your needs. Anybody can identify with that?
1: Well, well my pursuit was to, to find the unmother. Uh, my, <laughs> my, my, my problem was largely the opposite, which was uh, to avoid uh, the domineeringness and the demandingness of my mother being dominated or or demanded of. And so mine was more of a defensive reaction of leave me alone. And then uh, when I'd seek a relationship with a woman, I'd seek somebody who wasn't dominating, who wasn't demanding, uh, but rather uh, let me be more the dominant one, me be more the demanding one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you're still seeking that uh, Of course, that until I met other. you, Beth. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> then we had to balance things out a little bit more. <laughs> right,
0: right. Well, I understand that Christopher is with us now. Christopher, are you on the line?
5: Uh, yes, I am.
0: Welcome to Inside Out. We're so glad that you were able to make it. We've been talking about, you know, I shared that you had brought into the workshop this idea that, uh, you know, men have... This desire to turn their wives into the mother that they didn't have was, um, and well, that actually
5: wasn't what I had said. Is is that what I had said was is, is that I ex- uh, I expected uh, my mother to love me unconditional, without any impact on what I did, right? Or any so, accountability. So-
0: Right, so we were talking about an aspect of that, and I'm glad you're bringing this point up. We were talking about how we want our mothers to have no needs of their own. And yeah. um, I, you just, uh, that's one of the things that I was sharing about how this came in. And uh, the piece about the accountability and not wanting to be accountable in an equal way, I hadn't shared that, so why don't you go ahead and share that piece?
5: Well, um I don't think my mother is any more convenient than any other thing I use to avoid accountability because they're all useful as a drop of a hat. Right. Uh, And it's basically been a way, uh, not that I realized I did this. Um, In a way, I was kind of conditioned in this to be this way because my mother didn't take accountability for similar characteristics that I had. So, being that she didn't do it, and it didn't get addressed with her, it didn't get addressed with me. So, we had mm-hmm. mutual denial going on, and the, it just became toxic.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
5: Which, right. Which, of course, went on into my relationships that it became toxic.
0: Right. Well, one of the good points that uh, came out of what you brought in, I think, was this piece about wanting someone else to do something or to give something that we are not willing to do. Yeah. And that's, I think, so, so true. Sometimes I observe myself in my relationship expecting things from James uh, and i i 'm focused more on what I am or i 'm not getting from him than what I am or i 'm not giving <laughs> uh-huh. whether it's it 's accountability or care um, you know it it could be just about anything what about you I, Todd? Remember,
5: I I remember God telling you a long time ago that if you didn 't uh, believe in me uh how was I going to learn to believe in myself or something to that effect? I can't remember what it was, but it has something to do with you having to give the gift away to me.
0: Well, yes. Well, I think that's a really good point, um, which is that sometimes very honestly, we don't have within us the thing that we need. And, Uh. We, if we look at the infant, we were talking about babies. Uh, if we look at the infant, in fact, the infant can't take care of itself and the child can't take care of itself. And so it is incredibly dependent. And, uh, there are st- things even as we become adults that we, st- many, many things that we can't do for ourselves. I mean, it starts with something as simple as I could not grow my own food. Now, some people can, but I can't. I can't make my own clothes. I can't. Uh, get the gasoline out of the earth. If you look at your life one moment to another, we're all completely mutually dependent. And that's a fact. But the difference between that mutual support that we all need one another, there's a real big difference between that and taking on the role of being the baby when we aren't. And uh, those of us who've been counselors and who've helped uh, people who have kids who are growing up, we see how often kids... Act like they want all the privileges of adulthood. Like I want to, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. But on the other hand, uh, they want to stay babies in terms of getting all their needs met without having to worry them about them uh, themselves. Todd, you're watching this because you have uh, two young sons, don't you?
3: Yes, I see it all the time, and I mean, I swear to God, they think that I'm their butler, especially my (laughs) older son. And I'd say, Aiden, I'm not your butler. I mean I have to say that like you know he wants me to get him something that he's like right next to and I'm like I, that's that's been one of my refrains I'm not your butler
0: <laughs> right and yeah the it's, more I'm,
3: we the more we um you know require them because it's we ask them but it's kind of like it has to be part of a condition of their being in our house that we require them to like empty the dishwasher and help where they can
4: and they yeah. can do a
3: lot and we notice how different it is when we, quote, make them do that, which we can't really make them do anything, but we, you know, we create certain conditions where they will because um, they won't be able to do anything fun if they don't. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but how it hel- how much it helps to have them contribute and help out and how it's changed over time when they were younger, they were more just willing to help. I think it's part of the culture of kids in school, like, you know, that so much is given to them or... So I don't know, but it's, it's interesting. Um, we're trying to, you know, get out of that, you know, paradigm of how it is to be a kid and that everything is expected to be given to them.
0: So that's something that so many of us still carry into our adulthood. Those pockets are within us where we still want to be taken care of and don't want to be held to that same level of accountability. And, um, there is another way, which uh, has come up, and I think Jim has a great story about this, about men bailing, you know, looking real tough, but then bailing on the tough conversations, or <laughs> i'm not saying that all men do this, by the way, of course, you know we are all part of a collective, and the collective has many characteristics. but uh, I have often noticed that uh, that men are looking to women to take care of unpleasant situations that they don't want to face. Didn't you have a, uh, a situation like that with your mom and dad, Jim, when you had a f- fight with a neighbor kid?
2: Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how this plays into it, but uh, just the, the quick story of it is that the, the kid next door, I, was, I think I was four, and I, had, I got a uh, little wagon for... Our trike for Christmas. A little, it was a little red fire truck that you could crawl inside and pedal around. And uh, he used to, the neighbor kid was a little bit bigger, he was a year older than me. And he would come over and he would wallop me and, and uh, I would get out of the truck so he could, and then he would jump into it and drive it around and I ran into the house and, and, and told my parents what had happened. And my dad told me to, next time that happens that you hit him right back. And... So I did that. Next time it happened, I hit him right back, and he ran home crying. And then I went in the house and told him what I did. And uh, both my parents were home at the time. And um, apparently, the father of this young child was rather large and intimidating. <laughs> and he came over. and He knocked on the front door, and um, my father went up to my mom and said, "You, you answer the door." And then, and then he ran into the back room. And my mom answered the door and told. The, Told me exactly what had happened, and his father told me to, you know, told me exactly what to do, and I did it. And he said, "Okay, that's that's fine." And he walked away. But my father was telling me to do one thing, but when it came time for him to stand up to something, he he bailed out on it. So I, I think that's the story that you're referring to.
0: It is, and that's kind of a funny story. But I I've, I've had that experience that when there are uncomfortable conversations, like you have to fire the babysitter. Or give, give bad news to somebody, or <laughs> talk yes. to the landlord. Uh, so a, a lot of times, I've found that men uh, just want to leave that to me. Uh, yes. And now they will tell us that the reason is they're so afraid of their own rage. They're afraid that they're going to do something just you know terrible. So they don't want to you know unleash their power against this unsuspecting babysitter or whatever. But I kind of suspect that it's part of the same syndrome. And you know something? In a way, I don't blame men at all because this world is very rough on men. There's so much competition. There's so much cutthroatism. There's so much violence that men experience from men. And men very often have had experiences with fathers who were not protective or said, hey, you go out and fight like you're dead. Know, and they they didn't feel real protected and it was very painful to them and they they tended to turn to mom as being the only one who they anticipated would be sympathetic to them or allow them to have any feelings whatsoever so there could be a lot of that that comes in from having had to having had to live in a world where there was so much violence from other men and a fear of showing your weakness in front of the dad, that there is uh, this kind of a longing to return to a place of safety because life is, is pretty scary, you know. whether it's your fear that you're going to lose an account if you're a salesman, or you're going to lose the sale, or you're going to lose your job, or you're going to lose the race, or whatever it is, uh, all of that is very, very real. And current, it's not only about, you know, the, you know, mom from the past. And where are we going to go to feel some comfort? And, uh, I could get that. So when we come back from our next break, we are going to talk about what you guys are doing about men being angry at women and just, uh, what you're, what you're up to in your men's group. So with that, we're going to take a break. Don't go away. You're listening to Inside Out. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
4: Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org at the website. Sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living With Reality, her 688 page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
4: You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth.com. At bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out.
0: Hi, welcome back to Inside Out and our courageous band of men who are looking at why men are angry at women and what they can do about it. So, are there any women out there who are breathing a sigh of relief? (sighs) (laughs) Are there any guys out there who are breathing a sigh of relief because they're glad that some other guys are talking about it? (sighs) Are there any guys out there who are mad at these guys for saying these things? Mm. Ah. (laughs) So uh, what are you guys doing about it? I mean, Jim has been talking about how he's become more aware and that he's been sharing with his wife. And I think that's a a terrific way of uh, starting to change that dynamic. Don't you, Jim?
2: Yes, that's, that's, that's a big part of it it's just to be aware of it, to see as it comes up, to notice the anger and just differentiate from it is a word we like to use.
0: Well, and I love that. And I love the fact that you're sharing it uh, with your wife so that she can uh, she can share with you and support you in making this change.
2: Yes. And it's, it's interesting that you bring it up now because we, uh, we just had our 25th wedding anniversary. She uh, arranged uh, a room down at the beach for us to stay in and and I just noticed that, that there's a certain amount of resistance. I'm into so much what I'm already doing, and there's certain patterns that I have, and I, I'm in a routine, and I don't want to give all – and there, there's just this resistance to it. And one of the things that I, I think that I went through this this weekend was just to, to let – it was a slow process for me, but it was to see the resistance, the things I would have to let go of, and just let them go. And listen and let her contribute to me in a way that she really wants to. And she wants to contribute to and nurture the relationship. And one of the things that got revealed in the process of this, process of this over the weekend is that there's just a, a depth of love and an ease in relationship that is just uh, kind of always there with us, but gets covered over mostly by, by my own anxiety and, uh, you know, thinking I need to be doing something else or being somewhere else. So, that's part of it is just kind of seeing that and, and letting it go and maybe not going there is a, is a big part of that behavior for me.
0: I like that very much, that you are actually finding that as you're dropping this role and this old anger, you're finding that you're actually getting more nurturance from your wife. You're. It, I think that's true for all of us, that when we stop looking for what. Isn't there, and what shouldn't be there, and we allow someone to contribute to us. That's very well said. I think uh, it. We're getting something different from what we expected, but we're not children anymore, and we're getting a more adult love and a real experience of partnership. Uh, what about the group itself, Todd? Uh, what does the group feel like? It's going to be able to contribute to the shift from this anger towards women.
3: I'm not sure um, as a group yet um, we need to you know, follow up as a group and see what we're planning to do. I mean, I know there is a, a an element of the group that's planning to do an amends toward women for this behavior. Um, and there were a couple of people that uh, were spearheading that, but I don't know where that stands. So Jim, maybe you know.
2: Uh, yeah. I talked to, to one of the gentlemen that's, kind of bringing that forward, and, and uh, it's on the back burner, <laughs> interestingly enough. Really? It's like, yeah, we were going to do a video. I mean, it's still it's still there. I mean, they haven't, uh, they, they kind of saw that, well, maybe this isn't quite the time to do it yet, and there was some, Christopher, you may know more about that, because Christopher's in relationship or a conversation with the, the other partners that are kind of spearheading this, so. It is something that's, uh, I I don't know quite what to say about it, but it is something that um, we're going to do. It's just a matter of, I guess, when, and someone bringing whatever it takes forward to make sure that it happens.
0: Christopher, do you have any information on that? All I would
5: have to say is is that um, there is three times more resistance than willingness. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is I'll just go ahead and catapult it on because I'm the courageous one. And uh, can supply the courage, and they can use my courage to find the courage in themselves to support this to happen. Great, well, that's I'm not good. Of doing this at all,
2: excellent.
0: So, okay, everybody out there in the audience, look forward to some amends that are going to be uh, produced by the Men Getting Real with Men group. Uh, at least specifically around uh, the anger towards women and um, who knows what else is going to evolve as you guys move forward with this uh, with this work, I think that uh, you know I'd like to say something as from the the, the, the woman's perspective that um, it is very painful to feel like what you are is not ever going to be enough. And will never make your partner happy. And I'm sure that you guys have had those feelings, too, in relationship to women who yeah. had unrealistic expectations of you, too. Yes. And, you know, in the introductory uh, show description that, that James was reading, it's like there, you can hear the anger towards women coming out of men's mouths and the anger towards men that come out of women 's mouths, we had a workshop of women some like a year ago about women 's relationship and anger towards men, and you know we, we really just cop to it and it's good to hear the men cop to it too, because i 'm tired of being con, considered a bulldozer just because i 'm an assertive woman, and i don't fit some image of what a woman is supposed to be and then the irony is that there is There's other women who are considered weak because they don't stand up for themselves. And it seems like no matter where you are or what you do, it's wrong, (laughs) you know, that anger is going to come out. Uh, Because if you're not strong, then you leave the guy feeling unprotected that he has to do everything himself. And if you are strong, you're considered to be some kind of, you know, a ball buster, Um, and, you know, what exact uh, chord do I have to play in order to be exactly right for you that I'm not going to upset your ego and yet at the same time you're going to feel supported by me? You know, I don't think there is any way uh, to ever do that. Plus, we can't organize ourselves around being what our partner wants us to be, can we? You know, we all have to be ourselves and while being accountable for the ways that we damage each other. But... We have to be accepting of that, and I just I think it would be wonderful if there was an end to this way of talking about each other. I get just as angry and upset when I uh, when I find myself participating in or hearing women just bashing men you know how men are but see you know there it is there's that baby thing men are babies well there's truth to that but see i'm sure that there's also truth to what men say about women but it's just a fragment of the truth and it's not the whole and that's very hurtful
3: right yeah
1: yep
4: James? Uh,
1: i think uh, I th- yeah, yeah i think a big part of it is to for us men to pull back our own negative projections onto the women to to uh, and also to cultivate a sense of trust that uh each of us has a different way of expressing ourselves and to not expect that the other person fit our pictures, but to to trust that uh, they have our best interests at heart, you have their best interests at heart, and uh, trust each other and be open to each other and allow the other to be themselves and take responsibility for one's own self and and arrive at mutually uh, supportive uh, ways of proceeding together. And I think we all need a lot of healing around this, and that's why... It's good that we're talking about this because this is part of the counseling process, part of the healing process.
0: Do you want men to be able to reach you guys? If so, do you want to let them know how?
3: Sure. Um, they can reach us. Uh, you mean lo- now or in the future?
0: I don't mean on the phone right now. I okay. mean in the future. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, well, you can go to men getting Real with org, And then you can learn more about the group and you can call me. This is Todd. You could call me if you want at seven six zero seven three one four eight five five, or you can email me at Todd at com. That's T O D D at B E N T O N W E B S.com.
0: Do you want guys to get in touch with you?
3: Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we're they're then, interested in the kind of topics that we're dealing with, especially this one.
0: Yeah, there's uh, lots of things that we're going to be working on. We have other men's retreats coming up. We do them every couple months, three, four months, uh, on different topics. And the men are very honest, and it's it's very touching. Um, before we start closing, since there are so many of you on the line today. I'd like to invite each one of you to briefly say something that, from your heart that you would like to express to our audience. Christopher?
5: Well, I would say is, is that I have met the enemy, and it is I, and I find that's true with everybody. And if we can embrace ourselves in the people that we find that we push away, we will open our hearts to more compassion and empathy and make a greater contribution to our collective healing in a more loving, compassionate
0: way great statement, thank you so much. What about you, Todd?
3: Um, well, I would just like to say that um, it was great to be on this show. One of the things I was thinking about was you know yesterday, Christine, I got some notes back from Christine from our son's one of our son 's teachers that he basically skipped several of his homework assignments and Christine's responsible for that. And then normally I'd be like, you're not doing your job, you know, (laughs) but I just allow myself to get over that. So what I'd like to say to people is to, you know, see how we can get the anger out of our communication, especially men, you know, and to try and come from a neutral place because it can be supportive if someone intervenes with us, but does it in a, you know, in a loving, compassionate way. So that's what I did when I ended up talking with her. I said, Did you notice this? And she says, Oh boy, I got to work on that. You know, that's great.
0: That's great. Jim, very quickly.
2: Yes, I I just wanted to say how necessary, important, integral relationship is to our own evolving, our spiritual evolving, and that right at the heart of that is our relationship with women. And that Mm -hmm. there's a depth of love and connection and profound awareness and connection to the source that's not available in any other way so I'm telling myself that as much as I am relaying that to anyone else so
0: love that i love that we're ending on such a positive warm note absolutely we, we need relationships with one another we need women need men men we need women women need women men need men We need one another, and I hope that something that we did today will strike something in someone's heart that will help them to overcome whatever anger is blocking them from the intimacy that they are capable of, the love that they're able to give. So thank you to Jim Leonard, Christopher Miner, and Todd Benton, and James, would you let us know what's coming up next week?
1: Yes, I'll be happy to. Our next edition of Inside Out will be green, red, or blue. How are you doing in this holiday season? Is the season getting to you, making you green with envy, red with frustration, or just altogether blue? Or are you feeling great, green as in abundant, red as in jolly, or blue as in serene? Or some mix of the above? To help us get centered for this holiday season, we've invited back the warm and wise Helen Helix DeSanto, Intuitive Marriage and Family Therapist, who will help us explore what's going on inside us during these holidays, why we get stressed, overindulge, and overspend and how we can turn this holiday season into a time of nurturing for our bodies, minds, and spirits. Madam Mazurka and the guru, two of Beth's alter egos, may also make an appearance and add their delightful and unexpected comments. So let us support one another to make this holiday season the best one yet. Join us and call in or email us your questions or sharing in advance.
0: Thank you so much, James. Thank you all. Thank you to our audience. Part of what is going to make this a wonderful holiday is the love and relationships that we have with one another because isn't that true that the home is where the heart is? And I hope that this program has contributed to your heart and to your home for this holiday. Until next week, this is Beth Green and Inside Out.
4: Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week! Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.